Guy Haberman and John Middlecoff here breaking our brief uh, siesta or extended siesta to uh, jump on the internet and do a live show slash podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello, friends. That's why, that's why I love the internet, Guy. You can come in and out at any moment, you know, even when you're full on working, it feels like, you know, are you really working? Uh, internet slash BYOB, right? Be your own boss. Uh, you can create the I, I, hours. Remember uh, Dabo BYOG, bring your own guts. That was a great one. I yeah. saw a uh, bring your bingo own card. Bring your own conference. <laughs> bring your BYOC. I saw a bingo card that was like all the things that happened during conference realignment. Did you happen to see that? No. It's pretty funny from the guys that do that solid verbal college football podcast. And one of the squares was Dabo Sweeney says something weird. <laughs> well, well, we'll get a lot of quotes. When are a lot of these media days? Usually middle of Next July. Next three weeks. I mean, Pac-12 is uh, end of the month, and they're usually last. So the Big 12 is coming up here like, soon. I bet the SEC is like next week. They're always well, Remember last year the Big 12 was before the SEC because the Big 12 had their news breaks during the SEC one because A&M leaked it to the guy about Texas A&M, didn't want Texas and Oklahoma, tried to stop it. So they just happened boom, 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 coming up here. Oh, that makes because I was talking to you on the golf course yesterday. I took Haberman's money after he kicked my ass the last time we played. So it, was, it was a good match. It was a good yeah, match. So we let's, we can do a best of seven. Uh, we're we're even one one. Because I was like, you know, the do crazy part. Up or how are we doing that? Put it on we'll, my tab. We'll figure that out later. We we because uh, I was like, Texas Oklahoma. Part, I think the craziest part about USC UCLA was it kind of came out of nowhere. That's why the sticker shock. There was no like. There were some rumors. It was like we're out. Everyone was like, whoa. With Texas, Oklahoma, remember it was like seven different leaks and they all kind of went on top. But it makes sense because AM gets word. No one in the Big Ten actually cares. Like they want them there. They want them. AM's like, screw these guys because they hate Texas. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. They leaked it before it was done to try and get it to stop. Do you think, though, the other Big Ten schools beside maybe like Ohio State and Michigan knew? Like, would Rutgers know? Um, I, I think at the last minute, I think what happens is they vote. They voted the day of. Could they just get? Yeah, but you don't. But you don't vote until you. I think you kind of vote after everyone already knows you're going to do it. Because the last thing you can have is to have this thing cooking and then somebody votes against it or enough people vote against it and stop it. So I think you've back channeled to your by that point, maybe the night before to your ads. Maybe Fox has said. Maybe you have like three or four. Sometimes these these conferences have, you know, if they have 14 teams, there will be like these subcommittees of like three or four presidents. These four presidents, they're the ones that study realignment. These four, they're the ones that study TV deals. These four, they're the ones that form some, you know, mental health. It's like, it's like, it's like the NFL with the TV committee, the competition committee. Yeah. You pick like six coaches, six executives, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Subcommittees. A lot so. of committees. A lot of committees, a lot of bureaucracy. Yeah, I hate, a guy I hate bureaucracy. Yeah, we're both on the uh, YouTube Shorts committee here at the Haberman and Middlecoff uh, show. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you've been seeing some of our uh, YouTube Shorts, which they're just like quick, quick, quick little things. And uh, we've I think been a lot of people on this YouTube have probably have just been seeing Shorts for you. I think we're a little behind. I know we're, we're, we're finally dived in. So if you see it, um, I'm getting the mailbag multi-purposing. You know, it's like you can just do a short that you would put on Instagram and also put it there. I'm a huge fan of that. TikTok, yeah, you did. You're more you of a did one. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to Baker uh, 
and Jimmy Garoppolo in a second. You did a a short about the Baker trade from the treadmill at your gym. And um hashtag real time. Much like when I watch a post game interview in the NBA, I wish somebody would hand the bald guy a towel first, but you know, showed you a lot, a lot of I saw one of the comments was when you're at the gym and you look over and you see Middlecoff going live from the treadmill. Did somebody actually see you in the gym? Uh I mean, there were other people there. I just I just kind of blocked them all out. I you know, they probably there had to be a couple of people looking at me like, what is this guy doing? I, I realized one of my issues this time of year. Uh, and this is something I need to improve on. This is just a little therapy for John. I'm a schedule guy. And once football season starts, there is a set schedule. And I just know days, times, podcasts. In the summer, there's no schedule. And you never know what's coming. And things come out of nowhere when you're just kind of, when you're not on a schedule. And it's like, I don't want things to come out of nowhere. Now, part of that, like during the football season, it can get announced like, Jimmy Garoppolo tours ACL, and you don't know when that's going to, but you have an idea if a guy got hurt. You know, that you have some semblance of time. In the month of like late June, July, you just have no clue. At any moment, it could be like Nick Saban retires. You know, You're like what? It, it, it comes at, at any time, right? So the Baker Mayfield, I would say, is not totally shocking, where the UCLA USC thing is com- was completely out of left field. It's like you're just not prepared for it. You're not in the mode for it. Maybe that's just part of life. But uh, I'm, I'm a, I realize I'm a schedule. I thrive in schedules. I think most people do. I think that's yeah. pretty huge. I get angry yeah. when it's outside of schedules. I think everyone, I think you get antsy when you're not in a schedule, you know? Like, shouldn't I be doing it? It's hard to enjoy free time when you're. Well, I feel, I feel like I never, I feel like I haven't had free time my entire adult life. Yeah, and then you get it, and you're like, I should be doing something right now. It's very unnerving. Okay, can we talk about Baker Mayfield and the Niners? He's coming to the Niners? <laughs> yeah, he's the Niners got him, John. <laughs> it feels like just yesterday, Baker was like saving the Browns. Wouldn't he be a pretty good backup quarterback for Trey Lance at $3.5 million? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't think he would be. So Baker Mayfield goes to the Panthers. He got traded. Uh, instead of paying him $18.86 million. He's now going to make $10.5 million, although he can, with incentives, I haven't seen those incentives yet. I don't know if you have, get back up to 18.8. He's actually going to count $10.5 million against the Browns cap, but you know they didn't have an easy out. And um, they get to save you know almost $9 million, and uh, they get a fifth-round pick for their, for their trouble. And the Panthers get to really clarify their quarterback situation. Oh, wait. No, they don't. But um, that was the news today. It, timing was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you expect to get July 6 trades. Uh, it felt like he was inevitably either going to get cut or traded like Jimmy Garoppolo. And now we know Carolina Panthers are basically going with these two guys, which I think is pretty risky. But you could also say they didn't have any other options. And the reason that they didn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield cost them $3 million. $3 million. There, there was never going to be a pick. But to me, a fifth-round pick is kind of irrelevant. Like that's just, just $3 million. <laughs> yeah, $3 million is more relevant. than the, Like Jimmy Garoppolo, under no circumstances, is costing anyone $3 million. So it's just, I think they just went with the cheapest option, right? Because a fifth-round pick and $3 million, in, for NFL standards, is very, very... Like, think about what they paid for Sam Darnold. They basically gave Sam Darnold $30 million, because when they pick up his fifth-year option, remember, like, two years added up to, like, 30 and they gave a second round pick. 
So the differentiation of Sam Darnold's second round pick, $30 million, Baker Mayfield, $3 million, fifth round pick. I guess if you combine the two, you'd be like, well, <laughs> we got maybe one quarterback, but isn't the saying like if you got two, you don't have none. So that's, that is the saying. And I, I understand why they do it. If they think we've got one and he's not actually the quarterback of the future. So let's try and do in, in one year, what sometimes takes two years where you're searching between guys. Um, and I, I think, think Matt, I think, I think Matt rule will be the coach at UCLA next year would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think Baker's a better prospect than Sam Darnold is. So mm. that's – you disagree? I, I think Baker – I think it's more likely Baker's starting NFL games in four years than that Sam Darnold is. That's my opinion. I think it's more likely they're both turned into backups the way the situation plays well, out. Well, that – I, I mean, so. I agree with that. But I'm saying if you had to pick one, who's more likely to be somebody starting quarterback? I just ta- – I take the bigger, stronger kind of guy that can move. I know. From- and I just think Baker's proven to be a better player. He was a better player in college, I think. I think this is going to be a fascinating Baker. experiment. I, I honestly don't have like a hardcore take on either guy. What interests like, you about the experiment from the Panthers' perspective? Well, nothing. I mean, I, I find oh. I, honestly today, it's like fascinating that, that part of my whole deal today was like Baker's more famous. He's like what NBA players become. They become more famous than their actually value. Like Baker Mayfield's a backup quarterback that a team who is so desperate, whose coach is more likely to be coaching in college next year is like. Yeah, we'll give a fifth three million dollars. Like that's his value on the open market. Like that's that's what we're talking about here. Like John Wall, John Wall. Yeah, he got cut and a team took. Yeah, but I see. I think his. I think Baker's better than a three million dollar quarterback. I think on an open market during the first day of free agency, he's getting more than three million bucks. But you know the situation was pretty complicated. Um, But I think he's a better player than. I mean, he was twenty six touchdowns, eight picks in twenty twenty. Whatever that's worth. Yeah, but then there was last year. He got kind of got weird. People don't yeah, like he, him. He the guy is pro- is a problem too, which matters at quarterback a lot. Unless you are questionable human like Deshaun Watson, but everyone views you as really good, right? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is valued more as a person than he is a player. Yeah. Now he makes a lot. Again, all all these. It's not in a vacuum, right? If Baker in a vacuum, just the player, people would be interested. But you got to factor in the person, Jimmy, in a vacuum. Like you got to factor in, like he gets injured, right? It's just everyone has all these variables. Sam Darnold, well, has he just had the shittiest coaches in the history of coaches for the first four years? Could he just turn out to be Alex Smith? Could Could Daniel Jones be the next Alex Smith? Like some of these guys, we're gonna look back in three or four years. Maybe they all just suck, and we say it all the time. Like it with drafts, sometimes just most quarterbacks do not turn out to be good. Right, because there are always some randoms in drafts like Dak Prescott, who becomes a top fifteen quarterback, but he was a fourth round pick, or Russell Wilson, who was a third round pick, or Tom Brady, who was a sixth round pick. Not every guy is a top ten pick's a lock. No different in the NBA. Like Giannis, seventeenth pick, Jokic, forty first pick. Like it's not just your top three picks are going to be locks to be sweet. Even though at the time of draft you're like, oh my god, Baker, Sam Darnold. The next Mahomes and Josh Allen. And then now it's like, no, not really. Yeah. The Browns the are telling people privately they can't go wrong. Think about that draft guy. Those two guys have both now moved teams. They were the first and third overall pick. And by far the best player was the seventh overall pick, who everyone thought they were insane, Josh Allen. And right behind him was the guy that went 32nd overall. It was like, you know, Lamari's inaccurate. Like, those two guys are in a different stratosphere than these two guys who are now competing against each other <laughs> but and honestly, saquon and saquon who was who was drafted second between the two of them feels old already f- feels a little nba-ish with 
how fast both these guys have moved teams. You know, sometimes in the NBA, it's clear, like, yeah, this guy was not the third overall pick. And then he's just on a different team. Like, it's yeah. with quarterbacks, you get a little more room. But maybe, I guess, usually. Sam I mean, Sam moved team by his third year, right? I mean, it, he only played for the Jets for three years. Baker played for the, the Browns for four. But he wasn't really the true starter that first year because Tyrod Taylor. Just kind of crazy how this all played out. It really they is. Both, they both went to dysfunctional places. Browns a little more stable for sure. The Browns? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it feels like they should be right. Like, like I, you say for a couple of years now, it's it feels like they have their coach and that their front office has at least a vision. But nobody's immune to stuff. Um, Remember and- the Colts traded three second round picks and pick six. They flip flop third to six for Sam Darnold. Remember the Jets were like, "Wait, you're trading for pick three like a, two months before the draft." It's like, yeah, we just we'll get a guy we like. Who'd they end up with? The the guard? Yeah, Qu- uh, like Hall of Famer. Quentin Nelson. And One, John Dorsey was ahead like, of Josh Allen. Remember John Dorsey was like, I see some Brett Favre in this little gunslinger from Oklahoma. It's like, yeah, not quite. That's because that's what he wants you to see. That was part yeah. of it. That's what he wants you to see. So uh, Garoppolo is uh, currently under contract for $26 million this year. Any chance that he does what Baker does and takes a pay cut? I guess we should probably do it by percentages, right? Because Baker's going to end up making $10 million from the Browns and $3 million from the uh, $3 million from the Panthers, which is – so he took like a 30 or 28% pay cut. Uh so for Jimmy, that would be like seven and a half million. I think it'd be like nine, Jimmy making 19 million, which honestly feels too high for Garoppolo. But let's talk about a pick up for Jimmy. Well, again, this is what we were just talking about with these two guys in a vacuum. It's pretty easy to figure this out. It's not in a vacuum. Jimmy makes like $27 million, a lot more than $19 million. And he immediately went back to whatever, almost $15 million. So would Jimmy like we see how hard it is for teams to pay guys twenty million dollars a year? I mean, is, is Jimmy Garoppolo taking a eight million dollar pay cut, or is he just going to be like, "Cut me, screw you"? And there are some complications about physical, or the Niners on the hook for seven million dollars. I, th- I think there are some people question some of the variables. Well, to me, I don't know if anyone truly knows. Like beside like Parag and the people in the league, I think a lot of people on the internet think they know. Like, well. Let's let him get cut and see what happens and who owes who money. Like I, I'm always fascinated by that. Like the, the Browns thing was clear. The fifth the the fifth year option was guaranteed for Sam for Baker. So if you cut a guy on a fifth year option, you are on the hook. Honestly, it's pretty impressive. Baker gave up three million dollars, which wouldn't you say in the NFL is pretty unprecedented? Guys give up guaranteed money. Yeah. Jimmy's money is not truly guaranteed because they could cut him. But would Jimmy take a quote unquote pay cut to facilitate a trade to, you know, somewhere, which we, we all think's Cleveland, but I, I do think if if Jimmy Garoppolo just said, I'll give you back fifteen you pay me twelve million dollars, does that make him more desirable to other teams? Like it is a quarterback league and teams, you know, most teams do not have quarterbacks they feel great about. Well, would Bel- I, the team I think about is we can get the teams in a second, actually. Te- the Texans too. I mean, they're just but I, I do think if you told me Jimmy Garoppolo, the way his contract played out for $140 million, his contract this year was $9 million. <laughs> I, think I think people would have I way think the more Patriots, interest. I think he's in play for the Patriots at that point. 
he might already be on the Patriots, even injured, right? Yeah. He might have just brought him back. So, um, but in terms of the pay cut, like the reason Garoppolo would take a pay cut, there's only one reason for Garoppolo to take a pay cut, which is the reason Baker took a pay cut. Um, I, actually, it's a little bit of a different reason because Jimmy's money is not fully guaranteed. If it's and, not ba- and Baker's not guaranteed. To, Baker took a pay cut, not guaranteed to start. Right. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, really, Baker, as you said, is staring at no options. Basically, this was the best of bad options for Baker. Um, like in the movie Argo, where Brian Cranston character, they're going to like we're going to ride these these uh, these uh, the, the, these people hiding in the country. We're going to ride them out on bikes. And they're like, is this a good option? They're like, sir, of all our bad options, this is our best bad option. So this is this was Baker's best bad option. I, I could push back and say that he could have just demanded, screw you, cut me, right. get all my 18, and then go to the Panthers for one and make actually more. But yeah, I, that, that to me, that's where I say it is different with Jimmy because with Jimmy, his reason to accept a pay cut is if the Niners essentially buy the pick from the team that acquires him. So they pay $5 million for a fifth-round pick. Let's Eight, just say. Whatever for four. Yeah, whatever the number yeah. is. And that team, Jimmy agrees, okay, instead of making 26 this year or instead of get, getting cut and then signing with the Browns for $10 million, I'll accept $10 million from the Browns and $4 million from the Niners. The Niners are buying that pick for $4 million, and I make 14 right? That would be the incentive. For and then do an incentive like, you know, you hit 20 touchdowns, you start 13-plus games, you can easily make $10 million back and get basically the number or something, right? Yeah. I'd make his incentive on games, all the games, but or like a game. Playing thirteen game. games, I know I'm getting. I know I'm getting. He's missing four or five. <laughs> so, but that would be the incentive to take a pay cut if you're Garoppolo. That, that was like a that was like a done ye comment by me. Twelve, twelve incentive. <laughs> now, now you could argue that Jimmy is in a little bit of a different place with Baker. Like, like Jimmy, maybe, maybe Jimmy would value just being the starter more than an extra $4 million. I don't know. He's made a lot of money, right? Well, if they were both free agents and both completely healthy, I think Jimmy would have more value than Baker simply because people like Jimmy Garoppolo, this is not my opinion. I don't know the guy. I'm just basing on the league. People do not like Baker Mayfield. I'm talking about as a person. One guy's red flag, not as a criminal, just as a questionable person. And one guy is very well liked, except by Edelman and Martellus Bennett. Seven years ago, people like, what do you? I got a lot of like, what were your takes? I'm like, yeah, that was 2016. They had their opinion. Like, I, I do think we've seen Jimmy kind of battle through. He, also, a little different. Like, I'm going to fucking lay, I, I'm not trying to defend Jimmy here, but like, I'm going to lay on the line. Like, you guys are going to get rid of me. And Tom's going to come back. Like, it, it, it's not exactly apples to apples of like Edelman and these guys laying on the line. Like, you guys are lifelong patriots. Like, ultimately, Tom's getting rid of my ass. I think I watched Jimmy Garoppolo, and he proved to be a pretty tough guy. I and I do think it's fair to say that maybe he did make a business decision back with the Patriots. It's possible. Yeah, absolutely. those those guys clearly believe that. Don right? might have told him. His agent might have said that. That well, happens. But don't you agree that like Edelman, Brady, those guys, they believe that he did make a business decision. Like that's their opinion. <laughs> they were there. Yeah. And Julian is not really like he's not Draymond Green here, just throwing out random stuff. Like he's no. He didn't, he didn't go on a campaign, but he, but he is a Tom guy. So it's like, I, I think, you know, there are agendas. Uh, well, this is a different business decision. I mean, there's a lot on the line here for him, but ultimately the Niners are not keeping him on the roster week one of the season, right? He's not going to be their backup quarterback for $26 million. No. So 
even though Johnny Lynch said that they have it allocated. Well, they I mean, do. Well, they're not he spending is, it. He's on the team. Yeah. There's no other free agents for them to go get right now. Is Deshaun yeah. Jackson available? I don't know. I see him podcast like every other week. He might actually be athlete. available. Yeah. I feel like I am athlete is basically just the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles. And like Shady like McCoy, Deshaun. <laughs> but they talk shit about Donovan. What if Andy Reid just quit the Chiefs and became a co-host on that podcast? Yeah, I am athlete with Andy Reid. How good would that be? <laughs> Brandon Marshall. I think they added I see Pac-Man a lot on their stuff now. I yeah, think Pac-Man. Been yep. So, so I mean, the yeah. question then is like if he did decline to take a pay cut or if he accepted a pay cut and the market is set and all it takes is a fifth round pick and three million bucks. Put it that way. If all it took was a fifth round pick and three million dollars to get Jimmy Garoppolo, would more teams than the Browns be interested in him? One thing I think that both guys had going for him. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick in the draft. And when he signs for whatever, I'm just, I, this number might be a little high, a little low, $35 million. Never forget the fifth year option is not included on that number, right? It's, it's separate. That's four year contract. The fifth year option is separate. Baker Mayfield's already rich. So it was eating $3 million. Ultimately he's made once you, once you add the $15 million, let's just pick $50 million. Jimmy Garoppolo given seven, eight, $10 million back. Jimmy Garoppolo has made now over $100 million playing football. So when you are rich, it's always the agents push back on the on the mid-round picks negotiating. Like they don't have as much leverage. And it is true. Debo's a, a decent example, even though he's he's made $4 million. But relative to what he's about to make, like you see McLaurin got, when we were screwing around, $50 million guaranteed or whatever. Like it, it, I understand when all you've made is three or four million dollars. Like I'm putting fifty million dollars in front of you. Do you want that? If I've already made, if I'm Khalil Mack and like I'm holding out for ninety, well, it's easier to do when I've already made thirty, right? Like, yeah, I can chill for a couple weeks. Right. <laughs> it's another thing. It's like you know, I've only made two point two million dollars factor in taxes. I actually only have two hundred twenty thousand dollars in my bank account, right? That I've saved. Other than that, I've been paying out. I've been living. You got, you know, I've had to buy some cars. I had to buy a place to live. So it's as John Jimmy, said, Rollies for everybody. Yeah, it is. Baker's rich. Jimmy is rich. So you you can. I, I do think when you have money in the bank and you're a multimillionaire, when it comes to quote unquote giving millions back, because that's Baker gave three million dollars back. That is not nothing. Jimmy gives seven eight million dollars. That's still seven eight million dollars. I think if you can take a big picture approach, which is like what you said Baker did, what Jimmy would have to do. It's possible when you have cash harder when it's like Terry McLaurin. Let's think the big picture, big picture. Shit. I was taking the third round. I think Debo is 100% a great example of that. Right. Yeah. He's kind of got forced into this. I'm not rescinded, but I'll take your contract. (laughs) But we're going to make it look like I won. Sure. Yeah. if, If Jimmy was $3 million and a fifth rounder, would more teams be, are the Browns truly the Niners' last hope? If Jimmy Garoppolo was $3 million in a fifth rounder, even injured, he would have been long gone. Don't you think? Yeah, but but I, I think the closer you get to the season, the less hard line the Niners can take because everyone will call their bluff and say, you will cut him before you put him on your roster. Or like, okay, even if I'm the Browns, what I might do, the, the approach I would take, for example, let's just assume that Deshaun... I, I was told like two weeks ago, like the, the, infra, he'll, the, 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 uh, 
the decision will come down. To me, the decision could be like July 25th. What I watched, I watched the other day, Florio did like an eight minute video. This is maybe end of last week. Did you see this? Basically no. saying right, right after the NFL uh, investigation, kind of some of the details came out of their case that there's not a lot there in his opinion from uh, what the NFL presented. Florio made it sound like he would not be shocked at all if Deshaun does not get a very long suspension for whatever that's worth. I think that would be pretty nuts given the blowback would be intense. And I think the NFL has been down that road, but yeah, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, honestly, the longer this goes, I, I I don't pretend to have any inside knowledge. Nothing ever shocks me anymore. If if UCLA is going to the big 10 shit, you told me Deshaun got four games, believable, but if I'm the Browns, just let's just for sake of argument's sake, say he gets a year or indefinite, whatever. He's just gone. Yeah, he has to be gonna... suspended a year for Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded to them. Let's start with that, right? Yeah, if he's suspended sure. six games, the Browns are not acquiring him. No. So, so I'd say for that... the purposes of this conversation, you have to have that. So he suspended a year. I need a quarterback. I do think I might wait a couple days for the 49ers camp to start and just go, well, what do you? I don't think you want him back. So you're going to have him. Are you going to tell him to like stay away? I'm going to make it weird for you to kind of force your hand to ultimately give in a little bit on some demands. Yeah. Hey, man, we'll give you like a conditional seventh. You eat, a, we'll eat some money too. And let's just get this deal done. We're we not helping you out because you're let, let you kind of wallow in the awkwardness for a few days and I, realize that you don't want to play this game. That's part of it, right? We want you to realize that you don't want to do it this way. My my prediction would be as of July sixth, the information we have is I just bet it gets a little weird. And when I say weird, it could just be as simple as like he's still on the roster as of you know the first day they're ever on on grass. They've told him to stay away, keep rehabbing. Which you could argue is that weird or not? I, you know, not an ideal situation because it, it does show you that the nine. If that does happen, they're kind of holding out hope to get a little something. Like they don't just want to eat it. Well, Which I don't think thinking, eating it at this point in time is wrong, but when you've waited this long, fuck, you might as well write it out. Yeah, and they're thinking on the counter to that Browns point, if the Browns say, let's let you guys deal with an awkward situation, the Niners counter would be, again, in the scenario where Deshaun has been suspended for a year, you guys don't have a lot of time. You, the Browns, need to get Garoppolo in there as quickly as possible. So Season's anytime right around you the waste hurts you it doesn't hurt us our offense is getting implemented with or without jimmy on your roster or you know on our payroll for camp but it's hurting you because you don't have a lot of time agreed so i think both would be incentivized but i also think if it turned out that the niners were because i think you could also argue that the niners should not be willing to pay i'm sure they have a number right parag has to have a number what what from a dollar amount is a fifth round pick worth to us? Because unlike the Browns, the Niners have it out where they are not on the hook for anything. The Browns were going to be on the hook for 18 million. So they had an incentive to pay 10 to save eight and get a fifth round pick. The Niners, you know, they can have zero. So whatever they were to pay Jimmy Garoppolo to go play for the Patriots or the Texans or the Browns, whatever money they would agree to if Jimmy uh, agreed to a pay cut, would be looked at as the Niners buying whatever pick they get back in return because that's what yeah. they'd be spending unless they got a player, right? So what is is a fifth? What is a fifth round pick worth? What is a third round pick worth? 
would the Niners spend more money to get a third round pick? Maybe that's part of the element too. Like, all right, we'll spend $18 million since we're not going to use this money this year anyway for a third round pick. And you guys are going to get Jimmy for $3 million and we're going to pay him 18 and he's going to make 21. That's a pretty damn good deal for you. And you, you could again, argue, you, you could, you could argue though, if you're the quarterbacks. Yeah, you could argue the Browns that's you'd rather spend the money and keep the pick because you you know potentially like I, John totally. Watson like you, yep. that's not even that you could argue that's not even a viable option. But like some teams, but some teams don't have the space for something like that, right? The Browns most teams, would. Most teams don't. The Browns would, but you know, if we're talking about trying to get other teams in, the bottom line is the Niners would essentially be buying a pick, and you could argue, guys, you know. It's bet you're better off spending zero dollars and getting nothing than spending ten million dollars and getting a fifth. But you know, Jed's money for this season's team is basically already spent. Yeah, that's where if you cut them and whatever, however the financials work out of like whatever a new team pays them, if you have to owe them any money, it it pales in comparison to doing any like trying to get you know tricky with buying a late round pick. Like who even cares? You got a million coming. Yeah, I mean, uh, if the Browns, if Deshaun doesn't get suspended for a year, right, then their options seem to be zero. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season long more or less picks on mlb homers you may remember i've got less on otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next nba blowout game just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, 
Maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it, people keep talking about the rollover. The Panthers made a choice. The Panthers people chose keep, Baker. People keep talking about the Jimmy. rollover space. J- Jimmy is not on the books regardless in 2020-whatever, 23. Like, that money's gone. So that space opens up so the rollover whether you cut him whether you trade him the his money's off the books like you get the space and then the cap goes up you get added space so they are going to have a huge influx of space just based on no longer have 27 honestly worse let's just say they kept jimmy garoppolo back up 27 million dollars that disappears after the end of the year like you remove that number moving forward so you remove the 27 million and then let's say the cap goes up 10. So you have 27 plus another 10. That, and I'm not even counting all the other players. I'm just saying that would be thir- depending on what you do with, you know, the Debo's and the Bosa's and extended other guys and Warner's contract. I'm sure going up. I mean, there's a lot of other variables. My, my point is just that in a vacuum, his money disappears. And then you get added cap space. That's a fact. So whether you want to just have the money open, which I do think most teams just always say, you just never know what, becomes possible like what if said player on miller available? in the middle of the season yeah exactly whoever all of a sudden it's like so-and-so selling that guy we got 15 million dollars of cap space that's where it always does come into play so you mentioned texans i would say new england i think belichick thinks about his team the way um conference commissioners think about expanding yes well, and he loved Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And he loved Jimmy, and I don't think he's going to do anything based on Mac Jones's draft position. He, that's that doesn't, you know, he he whatever he would do if Mac was a fifth rounder, he'll do because Mac was a first rounder. I don't, I don't Mac think. Cut, do you see Mac cut ice cream? Mac Jones cut ice cream. Yeah, it looks. I don't know what that means. Like, no more ice cream. Best shape. Oh, he's not life. eating ice cream anymore. God, well, he's, yeah, he's, he changed his diet. He's in good shape. Did you see Russell Wilson on vacation? No. Chubby? A little. Every video I've seen of Russell Wilson since he's become a Denver Bronco, he looks thicker. Remember I told you I got some man titties. Remember I told you I saw him in person when he was still on the Seahawks. He was like in the jumpsuit and the the zip up, the zip up on the jumpsuit, you know, folds over right here and it, it can be a little deceiving. Uh, it's someone who bat, you know, had fights that same fight. 
but uh yeah man i don't i don't know exactly. well, sh- sh- I don't shorter shorter guys move. shorter guys man you just don't you, i saw something with philip rivers like philip rivers eli manning peyton manning they look the same for the last 15 years right yeah they're six six i mean you just it's harder to get really fat when you're that big or that tall russell wilson is not six feet he's like five nine and three quarters five ten and a quart like Russell Wilson is normal human size, but he's always kind of been thicker. So you're 5'10", 220, 5'10", 230. Like that extra 10 pounds, like, oh, right? Well, Joey Chestnut, we were watching him, is 6'2", 230, right? Big boy. I bet 10 years ago, what did Joey might have weighed? I don't know. I might have weighed 215, let's just say. I don't know. He looks the same to me. At 6'2", you know, also where you carry it. He's got a – he doesn't carry it in his neck. Some people carry it in the jawline. Um, Austin on the stream asked, do you think there's a price the Niners would pay of Jimmy's salary in order to get a fifth-round pick? That seems crazy to me. Sorry, I was looking at Kobayashi, who was 5'8". Kobayashi was tiny. Honestly, incredible. Um, At that size, the craziest part about hot dog eating is you get a guy 6'2", 220, first Kobayashi, Six-time champion, who's five eight, just eyeballing, doesn't have a weight. I, I mean, I'd guess buck seventy-five max. It's all about the gullet, I guess. It's really a shame that we didn't get more Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut. Well, it's always like we wish we got Kobe versus LeBron, you know, or Steph versus Kobe. Yeah, or, you know, some of these. Or if Sean Camp had stayed on the Sonics, what that team could have been like. Yeah, you just you just never know, guy. You know, Kobayashi, a little older than than Joey. Mike says, uh, LOL, moved up to three without knowing who they'll take. Sounds familiar. True. So I saw, I saw Trey posted, must have been back at uh, Fargo, you know, probably hanging out with some buddies. And it was like, uh, any massage therapist in Fargo hit me. And no, honestly, did not. Yeah. This was probably a couple weeks ago on his Insta. You just realize, like, you know, these guys, you need to get stretched out or whatever. You just get used to it. He's not really, maybe he's not following, you know, in his world. Well, it's like, well, how am I going to find one? This is where I find one on social media, right? Like, hey, I I have a question. Like, I just would imagine his agent called him pretty quick. Yeah, but I I mean, honestly, you see some players do that. Like, hey, I need a a videographer in Miami for the weekend. You just don't even think twice. Yeah, people do it all the time. Like, need a moving company. Right. But I'm just saying, if you're his agent, you probably called him pretty quick. Or what if you're just like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm a high character guy. I'm good. Did you like, did you see the story about Kyler Murray? Kyler no. Murray gets, gets a haircut from this chick. And I think she, she comes to his house, which is, you know, it's what I, you know, you're, you're in business with haircutting. Once you get to elite status, you get involved in long-term contracts. They come to your house. You meet them in a van. You do weird stuff. I that's bald people can't relate. I guess this chick kind of came over in some skimpy clothes. His girlfriend, I don't think, liked it. So Kyler hit. He's he's scheduled to get a haircut either the next day or the next week. He hits her up, the ch- the haircut chick, and he goes, "Let's just pick a name. I don't think this is her name, but Jennifer." He goes, "Jennifer, could you please wear pants?" Next time you come over for a haircut, because I saw the headline was like Kyler request something from his uh his haircutter, who's a female, but not what you think. And then she freaks out. 
She's like, just because your girlfriend's insecure, I will not wear pants. So they start like arguing over. He's like, I just want you to wear pants. You know, he's just trying to do the right thing. He's getting screamed at by his girlfriend. You just you can't win. So how did it end? Did she put on pants or give up the Kyler account? You know, I, I wouldn't well, give up the Kyler his girlfriend. Account. I mean, sometimes you find a good barber. Hurry yeah, I saw the picture. Am I right? I saw the pics. I, you know, I don't think he was trying to get at this girl, but you know, she was not. She was pissed off. I think then she went on a podcast and like outed him. I am barber. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I am barber pod. The barber shop, maybe. Yeah, the barber shop. Is that the sh- is that what it's called? The shop. The shop. Barber shop. If she didn't go on the shop, I mean, what are we doing here? It's tailor made for that. I feel, I feel like Kyler's been on the shop. Probably. Feels like he's bound for the shop. Uh, I saw my barber today. He he um he insisted that we watch. No joke. He's a big uh, warrior fan. So he insisted that we watch uh, highlights of uh, Guy Guy Santos, who is the Warriors. uh, He's the Brazilian Doncic from what the YouTube, the videos say like Brazilian Doncic. The Warriors took him in the second round, pick 55, playing in the G League. And um, I think he's like 6'5", 6'6". His name is Guy, G-U-I. He's a Brazilian, which is, it's Guy. It's the same name. So this is my guy. Is he playing the summer league right now? Yeah, he's playing playing in the summer league. Now I understand when I go to order something and the person behind the counter might come from a Spanish-speaking background. They always spell my name G-U-I. But this guy, yeah, I would encourage you to watch some tape of uh, Guy Santos. Um, I was like, how is he Brazilian Dodgic? And then you watch him. He doesn't elevate. (laughs) He doesn't get off the ground. He does dunk, but he's not. He's a lot of Euro steps. He's only 19. I mean, promising, John. The Brazilian Doncic, very promising. I'm a fan. I've gotten several texts of like, have you checked out the French LeBron? I'm like, no, I I have not watched this guy that everyone's already tanking for. And I had one guy tell me that was like, uh, he's like, I don't know, maybe he's a Durant. He's like seven feet tall. They're like, no bullshit. I think he's the best highlight package I've ever watched. I I haven't wasted any time watching him yet, but people are already tanking for him. Didn't didn't uh, Frank Nilakina? Wasn't he like? Didn't he have like one of those nicknames? Yeah, maybe he was like the. the, the was he like the Spanish Curry? There's just a lot of that in the French, NBA. maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the Warriors. When I first, I remember coming back when I moved to Pacific Heights. They had a guy who they had just drafted in the second round from some random like could have been like Slovenia. There was like the Slovenian Derek Rose. <laughs> You know, I was like, oh. oh yeah, no, that was um. I don't think he ever really played. It wasn't it wasn't Goran Dragic, but it was like uh, who was the Euro? Someone in the chat might know. I, I want to say Dragic. It wasn't Dragic, but it was kind of like that name. Yeah, I mean, he was a he was terrible. It on it, it, it. I would say that it doesn't happen in football because. It happens in baseball and basketball a lot. Like I remember the Giants had this like second baseman from Japan. He was like the the Japanese Chuck Knobloch. You know, it's, it's easy to do because you just no one's seen him, so you can just go like, the, you know, the North Korean Babe Ruth. It's like, oh, what's up with this? You could never be like, uh, 
some random college player, you couldn't do that. He's like, no, I watched the guy fucking play for Alabama. He's average, you know. Nemanja, Nemanja Nedovich. Thank yeah, you. That's, that's Very a good name drop. That's the guy. I remember. You remember the uh, Jewish I would all. Board. I would always do that if I was a team. My second round picks would be like, bro, yeah. we got this guy who is the Hawaiian Michael Jordan. He'd be like, oh, damn. You know, holy shit from Maui? He's been playing in Israel for a couple years. Do, Let's check do you remember? Out. Do you remember the Jewish Jordan, Tamir Goodman? Yeah. If we were talking about Sports Illustrated, he was a huge. I think he might have played at Notre Dame, which is a weird place for the Jewish Jordan to play. But he played with the um, with the with the yarmulke on Jewish Jordan. That was one. But again, what do you, you do, 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 what do, you do to hold the yarmulke? You the little pin, little hairpin. Yeah, even holds when it sweats. Yeah, I don't know what you do if like if you were bald, would you have to like t- get a tattoo of a yarmulke on your dome? Would you see a lot of the protesters? They glue hands to stuff, and people just. Well, I remember, from, and then they scream ah! from Milwaukee. Uh, the Maple Jordan turned out not bad. Yeah, I mean Chet. How about Chet? If you want, that see, was the but, other but one. My see, barber that, was that, like, that to me is like sarcastic, kind of funny, but also kind of real because we're watching Wiggins like dunk on people. Part of when you do a name and no one's seen a guy play, it's like, have you guys heard about this dude from fucking? Botswana, you know, hold, they, they say he can dunk from the three-point line. I, yeah. I heard these GMs are already taken for him. Bill Simmons mentioned him on his podcast. And, and it's things like that. But when you talk about like Andrew, have you seen Andrew Wiggins? Like, yeah, I've been watching the NBA playoffs. Yeah. You know, I was like, what? You can really do that in baseball and basketball. Spanish Tiger, Sergio Garcia. You can do that a little bit in football. It's like. Have you guys heard of this quarterback for Kentucky? And then everyone watches him week one and two. It's like, yeah, it kind of sucks, right? <laughs> like, that's just what yeah, happens. You football, you can't. It's got to be somebody. Yeah, you're right. Smaller school. It's got to be somebody no one's seen who arrives with some sort of legendary status. Well, what happens is the legend gets set up like the Chris Mortensen tweet. I had a GM tell me if the draft, if he would have been draft eligible this year, this player, Josh Allen at Wyoming. So every single human, at least one time in September, they're playing Oregon, they're playing Iowa, they're playing like three games that you could find on like CBS Sports. Like, I'm watching this guy. Morton yeah, said yeah. he's the number one pick, and people are watching, they're like, get through a half. What did I just witness? <laughs> I remember taking time out of my own day on a Saturday, and when I say I'm watching football anyway, but I would never have watched that game. I was like, damn, this Wyoming kid, I got to check him out. I lasted like three series. I'm like, I, I, I'm not doing this. He probably threw the ball twice in three series, right? All incompletes. <laughs> I mean, it was, Knuckle it was, balls. You remember a stat line? Oh, there were ter- it would be like six of 12. It's just so much harder when you do the, the basketball stuff. It's like you kind of got to make an effort. You got to watch some YouTube. And they're like, well, the highlights. It, well, uh, I'm, we, I think Levis he, is a good example. Like there yeah. are going to be some people in September like, okay, I'll watch this Kentucky game because I want to see this guy that could be the number two overall pick. And he better have a good game or every human's going to be like, this guy sucks. Which again, also may not mean anything, right? As Josh Allen showed. Might mean nothing. Like, who's he playing with? Although Kentucky's supposed to be solid. That was different, right? Wyoming didn't have, that was part of it. They didn't have any pros on that team. Well, and they were like, their their second game of the year was like Oregon. I was like, okay, they're playing at Oregon. Like, yeah. What's going to happen here? Chet went for 23 points, John, and a summer league record six blocks which, as Chet said after the game, I agree with him. He was shocked that the summer league record for blocks was six, but it makes sense. I thought he tied it. 
Oh, did he tie it? Either way, that's no, no. I, I think he had five, and the record was six, right? I don't know. I didn't read beyond the headline that said something about record and six. The point is, the fact that six is the record is pretty funny. Yeah, not a lot of effort. <laughs> High level defense not getting played. I'd say you don't think six in a game is a lot. Six is a lot. I'm just surprised that's the record. What's the game? What's the NBA game record? It's got to be like double figures, doesn't it? Yeah, but isn't the summer league game, isn't it just like four, 10 minute? Qu- it doesn't feel. And like also, it hasn't been like Wilt might hold the record, right? The summer league hasn't been around that long. Oh, you're just saying in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think what happened, again, I'm I'm with you. I just consume this through social 17 media. 17 is the record in the NBA. It, yeah. I, I think he had five blocks. The Holly Rowe was like the record six. And then he gotcha. laughed. He said, I'm going to break the record. He did have a two-handed block that was really cool. I also saw a lot of like, man, we might have been off on this guy. Guy, he was. I, I, I knew Jalen Green's. I mean, I know him, who's like his workout guy. And because they were in Walnut Creek for the Ignite team, which actually I just saw a headline. They're actually going to Vegas. That G League team that was at Steph, they practiced Steph's place for the last two years. is now going to Vegas. And he, because Jalen played on the teams, right, with the Wisemans of the Chets. And he kept telling me, Chet, Chet, like this is the white Kevin Durant. I'm like, no, bro. He's like, I'm telling you, this guy's sweet. And then you watch him at Gonzaga. It was clearly he didn't look like anything. But he didn't look like last night, like crossovers, fadeaway threes. But again, number one high school recruit, number one high school recruit nine months ago. Lived up to the hype. Lived up to the hype, went number two overall. It's not like, how about the Thunder? They got him at 26. No, he was the, he went two. Guess everybody was wrong. He went two. Yeah, it looks good. His highlights look sweet. He's just so. You, you just can't take your eyes off him when you watch him. Like, he's good for basketball because you have to watch him, right? Yeah, I mean, you just... Well, if you're seven feet and are like can dribble like a guard and can hit threes, how do you... You know, I mean, Kevin Durant. Yeah, but his body is you have to watch him. It's just you're in awe that it works the way it works. And he's skinny. Like, he's a guy that will wear weight well. <laughs> Because I, I, I've mentioned this. It's so good, though. When they asked him, what's something people don't know about you? He said that I eat. It was just such a great line. That like, uh, remember James Harden a couple years ago wanted to get traded. I guess he's had this happen twice. And he just gets fat. He's just like, I'm just going to eat, not try. Like, what if what if the Nets don't trade Kevin Durant? What if he does a James Harden? It's like, well, he can't really get fat. <laughs> you know. It's, and Kevin likes basketball too much to not. Like, he's kind of screwed. Because, like, if he's going to play, he's going to try. Like, James, like, I just kind of quit. Like, James just stands there. It's unlike anything, like, I've ever seen. And honestly, I don't think the NBA has that many people of his caliber that have truly, truly just, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to stand here. Kobe did it for one game, but for a very different reason. And I'm pretty sure it was a half, right? Yeah, it was, like, the elimination game in the playoffs. Was it the elimination game against Phoenix, maybe? What do you do? Just pass? Just stop shooting. Yeah. Yeah. James like just won't even jog. You know, James shoot. will only pass is what happens then. <laughs> kind of like yeah. very slowly. But he's never been a guy that you watched and thought, mm, I don't know. Passion. You know, like Kevin, you watch me go, he really cares about winning. I, I hope Chet's awesome. Yeah, I just like unique bodies. How's he not going to be? Like, if the biggest concern is like, I don't know if he can guard Jokic, like, okay, but it doesn't mean he can't average 25 a night. You shoot threes. 
Well, just do whatever. Block. He's gonna average. He's gonna be. Like, he's gonna average a bunch of points. He's gonna block shots. He's gonna hit threes. He's gonna have some sweet dunks. Well, this guy that this. Did you see the highlight of the dude that tries to dunk on him? He puts the two hands up. Yeah. Well, immediately I go because the guy j- tried to jam on him like he's you know Kevin Durant or something. I'm like, who is this guy? So I type in the Utah Jazz summer league roster. This guy played at Northwestern. Because I and then I started thinking like. This guy thought he could dunk on Chet. Chet was probably looking at this guy like, "Who the fuck is this guy? This guy's not on my level." <laughs> like, I'm I'm Chet Holmgren. This guy, you played basketball at Northwestern. You were like an undrafted free agent for the Jazz. You play in their G League team. <laughs> well, Huck, there's not an AAU team in the history of the world that would have written down your name before making 50 million calls to me to see if I was interested. So sometimes you see that like in this because it kind of is AAUE, but you also have to realize like. There got to be guys on these floors that look at these other guys like, who is this guy? Right? I've been playing because basketball, they all play each other. Chet has to like probably recognize a couple guys. You know, you played in a. Yeah. There have to be some other guys like, this guy wouldn't. This guy was on the other court, the shitty court at these tournaments, right? <laughs> he wasn't allowed at the court that we played at. He just wasn't as good. When football. It's a little different because once you're in the NFL, you're kind of in the NFL. I, I do think in basketball, even early on, you'd be like, who's this guy? Like, what's this guy play? Like, I don't know if you can really, maybe for a second, but then eventually, like, you just do a rep against this guy. He's from Cal Poly. I'm from Alabama. But you realize right away, like, maybe we're kind of even. In the NBA, I think you have that mindset for a little while. Like, I went to Duke. Yeah. Maybe you have it in football too, but I just feel like you get humbled faster. NBA, they're not allowed. You to get humbled things. faster, and you're there longer. So whatever you were in high school matters less by the time you get to the NFL than it does in basketball. If you came out as you know, if you were one of the best prospects, yeah, nine months ago you were the like you just haven't stopped being a massive story. That's right? true. Whereas like Arch Manning is a huge story, but if he redshirts his first year at Texas, it'll die a little until it comes back, right? Yeah. Whereas Chet just didn't just it's well, like being the, a, it's been like being arch starting for a year and then going to the NFL number two overall. Doesn't he go to Gonzaga? It was an enormous deal. They're number one in the country. The they whole just time. played in the national championship game, right? Lost to yeah. Baylor in the title. Like we got to get this guy so we can go win our title. Biggest recruit in the history of the school by a mile, I would imagine. Well, well, Jalen Suggs was the biggest recruit in the history of the school right before that. I think they Were played they high school to each other. Were they teammates or they're both from the same state, right? Minnesota, right? Maybe they were teammates. Or I think Minnesota's having a renaissance. Chet, Suggs, Trey, uh, Kirk Gilbert, Cousins. <laughs> Cousins. It's, I mean, it's the, the twins are in first place. I checked the standings the other day. I mean, it, Minnesota's so having Carlos a good Correa going to opt in? Baseball talk. Want to do a little summer hot stove? No. Me either. So. Uh, I've had a few people ask me, John, how, wh- what is this? Somebody, not a few people, sp- one person specifically today asked me, uh, in, in a year, if the Pac-12 is still together, how did it happen? I thought I'd run down kind of how it happens. Uh, you know, Notre Dame makes $15 million a year from NBC right now? No. Like, you know, because the Big Ten's waiting on Notre Dame. And... 15 million a year, what they get from NBC obviously pales in comparison to what they would get if they went to the Big Ten and got a hundred million dollars a year. A lot more, yeah. A lot more money. 
and I saw somebody today suggest that NBC might be willing to up the offer to like three to like forty million dollars a year to Notre Dame to get them to stay independent, just because they're such a cash cow. Like SEC uh, on CBS, you could you could guarantee every year their primetime CBS game was going to be Alabama LSU, except when Notre Dame played Georgia, and uh, CBS went with that game. Like Notre Dame is that big, right? But how would having forty million dollars be better than having a hundred million dollars? Because you're you're not even splitting that. That's what you get too. Yeah, because that Notre Dame has historically just taken less money to maintain their independence. There's there they have no financial worries. So what they're more concerned about is being involved in the playoff, just having access to the championship. Now, even if you get forty, are can your your will your institution make up the difference to help you do all the things you have to do to keep up with Michigan? Over five years, if it was a difference of sixty million dollars, that's a total of three hundred million dollars over five years extra. Yeah, that's a lot yeah, of money. The, yeah, it is. But the question is, would Notre Dame, the institution, just spend whatever is oh, like Notre Dame funnel is the so cash rich gotcha, that okay. they might value being independent? But I'm with you. Sixty million dollars is so much money that it's going to be hard to keep up. Isn't the so, Big Ten contract going to be a decade long probably or something, right, too? It's not going to be like a three-year deal. Uh, yeah, no. It's how you keep leagues together. You know, if you're yeah, so five, I guess my point, I mean, we, we'd be talking potentially $500 million over. It, it's just a lot of just extra money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to you worry about it. Absolutely. Yep. So, uh, but them maintaining their independence, I think would help the Pac-12. I think that it's likely that Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, just given the amount of money we're talking about here. I heard Andy Staples say that maybe the, maybe NBC and Fox and Notre Dame could work out some agreement, whereas Notre Dame, because Notre Dame is you know very desirable. His suggestion was like you put Notre Dame on NBC every home game, and then every road game, NBC gets a different Big Ten game. And that's good for Fox, because then Fox gets Notre Dame on the road, and NBC still gets to keep Notre Dame at home. Like Notre Dame gets to kind of keep it. We're different than everybody else, even though we're in this league, because we still get our NBC games. And we you get think Notre Dame, Ohio State would get some viewers. I mean, it's just as it, it would be as big as it gets. So, um, you know, if that happens, then the Big Ten needs another team to match with Notre Dame to make it even. And then I think they would have to look at Washington or Oregon, or I think Stanford makes a lot of sense for them in that scenario. Because you're no matter any of those three, you're not getting a hundred million dollars worth. So what is just the best match for the league? And I could see it being Stanford, who already has a Notre Dame rivalry, so that kind of works. Uh so I think the other question is like, does the Big Twelve convince Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah to leave the Pac twelve? And at this point in time, I think those teams got to feel a little bit antsy. I think it's in their best interest just to chill for a second and wait because I don't think anyone's going to get grabbed over them. Like the Big 12 would take Oregon and Washington in a heartbeat, but Oregon and Washington are going to should wait to find out what happens with the Big 10. Um so I think they've got it's crazy, but they've got to keep those four schools, Utah, Colorado, Arizona and Arizona State. They kind of hold some cards here because if they go now Washington and Oregon have no reason to stay. They'd go to the Big 12, even if the Big 10 said no. The Big 12 would take them in a heartbeat. So that's why you've seen this this like ACC Pac-12 alliance suggestion. Because the, the ACC actually has 
much better television markets than the Big 12. The ACC makes some sense for the Pac-12 to find a way to work with them. I thought my first thought when it happened was merge with the Big 12. But from a television market standpoint, it actually makes more sense to find a way to merge with the ACC. If you're the Pac-12, I think you'd get a better television deal. But the ACC has a television deal until 2035. So it gets complicated. But um, they got to keep those four Southern Pac-12 schools in place first. If you said where are Stanford and Cal in the next decade, I've, I would predict the Ivy League. I, I had someone tell me that they they had heard that Stanford, obviously they don't want this. I mean, they would have been cool with like the Pac-12 that like, I, I don't know if football long-term is viable. Yeah, that's definitely a concern if they don't end up in in the big, if, they don't, if the Pac-12 doesn't stay, Stanford's not going to want to be in some version of the Mountain West. They probably yeah. don't even want to be in the Big 12. No the, chance. The big 10 makes a ton of sense for Stanford. Like Stanford, and I think Stanford makes a ton of sense for the Big 10. Like I just think it, it really fits. It's one of the most, it's one of the greatest, really when you think about it, you go Oregon brand. Stanford is one of the greatest academic brands on earth, right? So I think from a brand standpoint, I, I think they're team, I think they're number one. I mean, yeah, again, what, I mean biased. Harvard, you know, yeah. some Harvard's a major well. academic brand, right? Um, but uh, doesn't Stanford no Notre brand. Dame play every year? I mean, yeah, wouldn't that be a pretty easy, easy rival? Yeah. yeah. To me, so, so you're right. Stanford, in a weird way, and Oregon people get very mad at this. One thing I don't feel that much sympathy for Washington is they had a pretty good run with Chris Peterson for four or five years. But I would say the majority of our adult life, they sucked. I mean, they were obviously a joke this year. They were pretty average before Chris got there. I mean, they were winning seven games. Before that, they were a disaster with Whittingham. Oregon, to me, has much more room to stand on. Like, we've been a power for we've a couple of decades. In. Yeah, and, and we've consistent. Bilotti, we were always in the mix. Chip took us to another level. We got to a playoffs with Helfrich. Mario, we've been in the mix, all the top recruits. We actually, Oregon doesn't have that much in common with Washington had, they lucked into Peterson and had some moments, but you take out Chris Peterson. And and won a national championship 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of programs talk about shit like that. Like Colorado does. It's changed. World has changed. In 92, most people didn't have cable. You know, I'm with you. I actually think Stanford feels like Stanford's big 10 or bust because Stanford under no circumstances being, and you and I talked about this on the golf course. They ain't doing a league with San Diego state. And Fresno State, they'll, they'll go to Ivy League before they do that, yeah. and they are not going to play Oklahoma State and can and K State. Like they, they are just that's where they're kind of an outlier. They carry themselves like Notre Dame, and rightfully so because of their academic institution, and they've had success at a lot of things. I mean, hell, just earlier in this decade, they were in the top seven, eight every year in football for that last year of Harbaugh, and then what Dave's first three or four years. So, yeah, for, I mean, there was a stretch where they were the second winningest program in the Pac-12 for like a five-year stretch. You could argue it makes more sense to do a package deal if Notre Dame's willing to play ball. And Notre Dame might want to bring Stanford because, again, they play every year than it does Oregon, which and seems I think crazy Michigan on would paper. want Stanford to be there. Northwestern would want Stanford to be All those schools would want Stanford. Yeah. I feel you Stanford know. is package deal with Notre Dame or their Ivy. Yeah, or, or I do think there's a world where the Pac-10 <laughs> – survives, but they've got to keep schools from going to the Big 12 first. Because in the end, those schools are not going to make... Like, if the Pac-10, Pac-12 can survive, Arizona, Arizona State, I don't think they're making any more money in the Big 12 than they would be in some version of the Pac that has some scheduling agreement with the ACC. Either way, you are not on the level of the Big 10 or the SEC. But guess what? You already weren't. You were already behind in a 
variety of areas, right? I think the one thing, though, we learned over the last year once they did that alliance is that, like, I would say the ACC is not safe with their big brands because the SEC has got to come, come, come calling. I know there's yeah, some the thing that they requirements, have, but the grant of rights. One thing I read today, it's not that if Clemson wanted to leave the ACC, they could say, okay, the contract stipulates that we pay you this exit fee is that they would have to go to court. They would have to leave the league or go to court to fight the legitimacy of their television contract, which run through 2035 or just leave the league and then be subject to a lawsuit. And they don't know what the, you know, then that goes to court and who knows what the damages are. And when you're talking about blowing up a contract 12 or 13 years early, like the damages could be astronomical, but they, but they wouldn't leave alone, right? The, it, whatever. The, what's the SEC at? Fourteen teams now, and Texas, and Oklahoma, or sixteen? Yeah, they'll be at sixteen. I think they'd add four, so they they'd go f- quattro, right? It'd be like right. Miami, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina. Let's say so you sure. kind of be like, but we'll still sue them together. I know, yeah, but but I'm just, but I mean, it's, I'm just saying it's harder to you, go solo operator than like fuck them. We'll just we'll fight together. Well, when you say to me, like, oh, it would cost you $100 million to leave, you would pay that in a heartbeat if you were Miami in the SEC. Call $100 million bucks to go to the SEC 12 years early? Sign me up. I'll make that back in one year. But, you know, it's it, there's not just some flat exit fee. Like, you have to – there is a lawsuit that would take place. That's where I think that if, the, if they all leave together, there'd be a story kind of like USC, UCLA with four of them. I don't know exactly what the four – I think it's pretty clear. Miami, Clemson would be involved – Florida, Florida State. State, Duke, North Carolina. You think Florida State would be a lock? I think so. Feels like it, but like, could you argue? Duke I think they North really Carolina? match from a football standpoint, which is really where you start with this thing, right? And what if you already have enough football and you just like Duke, North Carolina, add to the basketball. Yeah, is Duke any good? Coach K's gone. I don't know. It's true. I think I saw that Woja House. Who's their coach? Shire. Uh, 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 top recruits. Not Woj. Uh, he's like he's a tall Woj. He's a more button down. John Woj, Shire. Yeah. Taller, taller, skinnier. Yeah. Um, you're right. And then you hope, like, we left. They fell apart without us, and so there's no one left to sue us. But I don't know. Here's the other thing. If you are Fox or ESPN, because I saw this when when USC left, like, uh, USC fans are happy. No more late games. It's like, well, no more late road games. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to be playing the 7.30 p.m. Pacific road game. But you might be playing the 7.00. There's not anyone else out here now to play the 7.30 p.m. Pacific home game. Why wouldn't wouldn't Fox want Wisconsin-UCLA 7.30 at night? Of course. Yeah, now your road game, but your home games are not any earlier necessarily. Well, you don't need the inventory. Yeah, you don't care if you're the home team hosting the late game, do you? Yeah, I mean, fans don't like playing at 7.30 at night. It's just, it's a long day. I get out of there late. Like, fans want to play, their team to play at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock, ideally. You know, which is fine. That's what I would want, too, if I was attending the game. And it makes it hard for your team to get back the next day, blah, blah, blah. So from a competitiveness standpoint, yes, you're not going to end up playing an 8 p.m. Pacific kick. But you still, like, that late ESPN kickoff for the Pac-12 or for Fox, it's a valuable time slot because no one else is playing at those times, right? That's why they put those games there. You're still going to need somebody to play those games. Well, they're playing them. Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But if you add two more West Coast schools, now you can play more of those games. That's my point where people say, well, it's not, they're not worth a hundred, you know, Washington, Oregon, they're not worth a hundred million dollars to the big 10. 
No, but you can help really cut the legs out of one of your opponents and you can just create this content where there's not, you know, if that well, league guys, dies, me, then you own me, it. That, that's where I, I don't think you really want Washington. You would take Oregon, but like you said, Stanford might make more sense. Then you get you take Stanford if you can convince Notre Dame, and you basically could set up a schedule where you always have multiple West Coast games. Oh, exactly, right? you need well, it. Yeah, yeah. You I have. think I think Stanford, which is crazy to say, is more viable. I think than Oregon. I think they absolutely are. And then Cal, you know, they're not related. They're not both UCs. I think, I think and it I doesn't think even Cal's matter if they were because UCLA and Cal are both UCs and UCLA left. So that's yeah. I think Cal is relevant. Cal's been in trouble though. Yeah, Cal is not. Yeah, which I think is a lot. Of people it, it, like, Cal was in Cal's trouble. Whether the Pac-12, you know, they don't have a practice facility for their basketball team. Yeah, or they do. They just share it with the student rec center. I mean, guy, they, they lost a game last year at Arizona because their city wouldn't allow them to take players. Yeah, but that's not a long term. That's not a real. They're, they're, I, that's I, not why Cal is where Cal is. Cal does do. not spend money on athletics anywhere near the level that any of the other that the hot top level schools do. They don't not having a basketball practice facility makes you a major outlier in college athletics. And they share a basketball facility with the student rec center. They don't have a practice gym. <laughs> like when you take your recruits on, they walk by sophomore Jane on the elliptical. There's Middlecoff going live from the that's what they have. Like it's that is extreme. That's extreme. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, I, but I do think Oklahoma th- golf flies private. I, I do think the la- that moment, though, kind of symbolized just the program, what they deal with. I mean, it's just a weird place. People pooped out of the trees when they tried to expand. the. It's just a weird place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not a place that it they do not value sports the way that the places that make a lot of money on sports value sports at, from a community yeah. standpoint. Well, or, their own or an institutional standpoint. Well, think about this. You could argue Stanford and Cal are top five, both of them, however you want to order. I'm biased. I would have Stanford number one. Cal, it's undisputed, is the number one public university in the world. So now you could say Harvard, Penn, or maybe take up Ivy Leagues, but I, I think Cal would compete to be a top five. Stanford values sports way more than Cal values sports. Not really debatable, right? Uh, yeah, yes. And I'm not putting Stanford on like USC or Oregon or Ohio State's level. I'm just saying relative, they're, they're the rivals. It's like USC versus UCLA. USC values sports more than UCLA. They just spend more money on coaches. They just, they have more. It's different. Also, they're private, one's public. And there are things that you battle, like UCLA and Cal battle, that Stanford and USC do not. Right, right, right. right. That's part so the, of it. Yep. Yeah. So there, there are, uh, you know, hoops to jump through. That the, it's not like the AD wouldn't love to spend like the UCLA AD. Like, hey, you could have been in the mix to get Lincoln Riley too. Yeah, yeah. We can't afford them. Right? But they did remember when they paid Chip. Like that was a big deal at the time, right? Like four million dollars. At the, I'm just saying, at the time, it was a major contract. It was. It was Florida and UCLA were fighting over Chip at that time. Yeah, he turned down money to go to UCLA from Florida. So now things change fast, and they did just extend him, didn't they? Yeah, they were in a weird spot though. Just his con- he was coming into like a lame duck year of his contract. Yeah, and his remember he had that poison pill where his his year, uh, what was it? If they fired him before January fifteenth, they'd have to pay him like they'd have to pay this extra buyout 
So we had this late date that kept them from really being able to do anything. Yeah. But they're going to have a lot of money now in, in three years. You know, they are a hundred million. You, you know what red. happened? You see that hundred million in the red. Yeah. Like one last three years. Yeah. Part of it is the Under Armour deal fell apart and then they didn't get any, their Jordan deal is they didn't, they didn't get like $900,000 in gear, but they don't well, get that, that guy. Them and Cal were on a similar trajectory. UCLA got basically a golden parachute, and Cal to me is like on the trajectory of like we are in trouble. Because if, if you tell me they're one hundred eight, now I talked to my cousin who played football at UCLA. He said one difference of us and Cal is we paid. They, they had a lot of, and I think the LA Times wrote this. They were had a lot of ex coaches still on the payroll. They had paid more money for coaches. Cal paid less. So obviously Cal's number is probably not a hundred. But if you told me Cal's number was sixty eight or something, well, Cal's paying off that stadium though. Yeah, I, I just think they are in similar trajectories, except now UCLA has the cash, and now I don't know what Cal does, which is scary. I mean, it's a lot of people right now. You you are just you are hoping that Washington, Oregon don't go to the Big 12. You are hoping that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado don't go to the Big 12. And I don't think those teams should hurry into it because, remember, the Big 12 was eight schools this time last year, basically. And found a way to hold it together with the four they added. But, you know, it's a lot of it's out of your control. A lot of it for Cal right now is just out of their control. Um, well, yeah. That's what I don't up. think it makes sense for Oregon and Washington. If Arizona and Oregon and Arizona State and Washington and ASU and Utah and Colorado go, if none of us go to the Big 12, we can actually have just as much here. That makes sense. But, you know, the reason the Big 12 didn't fall apart last year wasn't because the Big 12 did an awesome job of holding it together, although they deserve a lot of credit. The reason the Big 12 didn't collapse last year is because nobody wanted any of their schools that were trying to escape. TCU was like, we got to get out of here. Nobody wanted to take them. It's a different situation right now where the Pac-12 has got to convince. People do want some of the Pac-12 schools, and that makes it a little tougher for them. But also the Big 12 didn't lose anyone last year. Like the Pac-12 this year is not losing anyone this year. So it's just kind of status quo. What do you mean? Like they just played their season in football and in basketball like they did the previous year, even though we knew Texas and Oklahoma were leaving. But, but all these things there. happen two or three years in advance, right? No, I know. But my point is like Texas and Oklahoma are still leaving. USC, UCLA are still leaving. But, but last year, if the Pac-12 said TCU, Texas Tech, we want you, then the Big 12 in two years will take you. The Big 12 will be down to six teams. Like it would have been hard for that league not to just fall apart. True, but they would have operated until it just went under. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you're just playing out the string at that point. Well, I know, but I mean, we are living in the moment of it's not going like USC is going to like, play it, their it, schedule this year, right? Yeah, but but if today those four teams, Arizona's, Colorado, Utah, said we're going to the Big 12 in two years, and then Oregon and Washington were like, screw it, so are we, the, the Pac 12 would be over in 2024. Well, yeah. To me, it's no guarantee that the Big 12 is still around or just essentially becomes a Mountain West on steroids. Like, ultimately, the ACC right now, unlike the Pac-12 and the Big 12, who are losing fucking cash cows, the ACC is still there. Now, they got some flaws or whatever, but they're they're just top to bottom. But they're holding Nothing's on changed. for dear life. I know, but right. I'm just saying, like, and it's clearly only going to change, but, like, this season, and this is why once the season, like, when Texas and Oklahoma played last year, it just felt like a normal Big 12 game, right? Or Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I think it will feel that way this year, like when USC is playing Oregon State or whatever at the time. Now, it's a finite, like, unlike... I think it'll feel different, like, US, let's say USC's in the Rose Bowl. I think it'll feel different. Well, yeah, it'll be a future opponent. 
well, it doesn't represent you. You know what I mean? So like UCLA success, well, not UCLA. They don't play anybody in the non-conference. But are there going to be like, are packed? They're going to be packed with fans rooting for Fresno State to beat USC this year. All of a sudden, they wouldn't have said that two weeks ago, right? Yeah, but like an Oregon State fan will be doing that now because they'll be pissed. It's like a divorce when you're like, we're just going to live in separate rooms in the house until we get this thing finalized. I would tell Lincoln this, probably not on the podcast because you don't have enough time, but if we were sitting there maybe having a beer, I'm rooting for you to dominate when you get to the Big Ten, but I am rooting for Fresno State to kick your ass this year. Fresno State plays them and Oregon State this year. So, I mean, Fresno, remember last year, Kayvon, he got hurt in that game, huh? Remember, they had him on the ropes. He got hurt in that game. Came back got, and then left. Hayner was just slinging it, and then they just... On the ropes. They just had better players, top to bottom, but the dogs gave them all they could take. Yes, they all did. All they could handle. Yes, they did. All right, we just appeared out of thin air for this podcast today. Thanks for hanging with the show today. Um, I'm sure there'll be a mailbag back on track soon, so if you want to hit up the mailbag, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate a five-star review and a question for the bag. And... um Anything else? Eat some salads, Russell. Or don't. Wait till Russell gets his $200 million guaranteed by the end of the summer. That's coming. His life won't change one iota. I know that. That's coming. If you tell me there is a lock, Russell getting a big contract in the next couple weeks. Or or a couple months. When's his his current contract expire? I think it was just... just, I just feel like the elephant in the room has been like, he's going to get a huge extension. Like he's their guy. It just kind of feels the way it works, you know. What a, yeah, I know. What a position to be in. They're just so, going to pay you because that's what it's supposed to happen. Yeah, it's like the NBA. Like, oh, I don't know if you guys heard. Time to pay Zion. Like what? Well, you see, I saw Time Bradley Zion. Be- right before we hopped on Bradley Beal. It's like one of ten in the history of the league no trade clause. Like, what are we doing? What's what? what Time to pay Bradley doing? Beal. What do you get? Two thirty-seven or something? Uh, hasn't been. What are we doing? But you know, the NBA man. Don't pocket watch, John. All right, that's true. Later, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.